When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The dream is made real. Ricky Hatton rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? Wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over. Welcome back to the Big Fight Reaction. It is the reaction show for Canelo Golovkin 3. Didn't live up to the hype is the first words I'm going to use and I'm sure we'll have many conversations around how this fight played out during the course of the episode. Many differences of opinion and points of view on it. It wasn't what we thought it was going to be. There was no big drama show. Canelo came back and looked as good as he did before and that's mainly what I took away from this fight and also the fact that Golovkin did seem to slow and be more evident in this fight than what it was maybe in the the previous fight against Ryota Murata. So Johnston I'm going to bring you in just to start this show off. You know we 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 was hoping for a big drama show. We was hoping for a uh, a really highly competitive fight and the scorecard suggests that it was quite a highly competitive fight although I didn't feel that it was as competitive as what the scorecard suggested on this occasion. I did feel Canelo, I think for the most part, dominated most of the fight and Golovkin seemed to come alive a little bit in round nine onwards. But it was disappointing from a Golovkin standpoint, as I know you're a big Golovkin fan. But in another way, it was also nice to see Canelo bounce back from that loss to Bivol and actually adapt his game plan, be more aggressive, have more than one game plan and, and use different movements and feints in the ring to actually confuse Golovkin on a few occasions. So it was nice to see the uh, adaptions he's made for the Golovkin third fight. What did you take out of this fight? Is there a sort of summary you can describe to the listeners, like how you feel sort of this sums the fight up best? Well, I think um, I think Golovkin had... Um... A completely different game plan to the one we've we've expected from him. He he seemed to want to take his time in approaching the fight, and he was very standoffish, which is something we've not 
seen from Golovkin. I think he was a bit worried about what was coming back for a change, which is something we've not seen either. And, you know, the age is clearly a problem. He was a lot slower. And it's almost like he knew that he was never going to really impose himself onto Canelo in that first half of the fight and just sort of hope that he can sort of tap his way through. But even then, he didn't even really use that ramrod jab. He had one of the, he's got one of the best jabs in the business. He didn't establish that at any point. It was very reluctantly thrown. And he just allowed Canelo to dictate the pace of the fight, push him back as he pleased. And um, yeah, it just wasn't a good performance from Golovkin. And he looked old very quickly. And and um, yeah, so the second half of the fight, he seemed to put his foot down a little bit. He uh, Pretty much Canelo allowed him to do that. I, I feel that Canelo probably thought he knows he's winning the fight. It was six rounds up, seven rounds up, pretty clear. And then um, he sort of backed off a little bit, allowed Golovkin to, to come at him with some shots. But there was a moment at one point where he sort of threw an overhand right, which I felt that Canelo felt. But it didn't trouble him as such. He didn't follow up on it. Um, and maybe he felt when he landed that, maybe he probably felt I probably could have gone a little bit earlier. I think he was worried about not finishing the fight. I think he wanted to finish this fight on his feet. And I feel that he had literally allowed those first few rounds to just escape him. And then he was going to put the pressure on because he felt that was what his body could do. You know, he's a 40, 41-year-old man now. You know, he's nowhere near the level we've seen of him. And, and I think that was evident for us. I'm a Glovkin fan. I've never shied away from that. I'm a huge fan of his. Um, but there was no debates about this one. And he, he looks pretty far away from Canelo now. I mean, the fact that they waited so long for this third fight, I think it just shows. He got his money and left. And I sort of, because I love Canelo so much, and I, I've, I've watched so many of his fights and enjoyed them so much, I sort of feel like, well, you know, he took his payday and went home. And I'm, I've got no problems with that, to be honest. I know people will get the ump with that, but look, it, it's <laughs> you got to earn your money at the end of the day. Um, and he's got a shitload of money from this Canelo fight. Um, and he just wasn't a Canelo. He was a shadow of himself, wasn't he? That's, that's about as simple as I can put it. Well, you say you love Canelo. I think you meant Golovkin, didn't you? Uh, Golovkin. Sorry, yes. <laughs> I, I do that a lot, don't I? Jesus, yeah, Golovkin. I do like Canelo. But, um, yeah, I'm a huge Golovkin fan. Golovkin, Triple G. Yeah. And, yeah, I just think he took his money and went, mate. Yeah, I, I wouldn't go as far as saying that. I'll be honest, I felt like... Canelo was just the younger, fresher man, and he's shown and it proved it. And I hate using the cliches. I know sometimes I use them quite a lot, uh, <laughs> admittedly, but it, it does it does look like he got old overnight. It does. It just kind of felt like, you know, this was the fight that really demonstrated that he was slowing down. And I think what was evident about that was some of the punch stats in it. I mean, in the second fight, he was Golovkin. This is was throwing about 18, 19 punches around. In this, it was like seven or eight you know like in terms of what he was landing not not so much throwing but landing um so he wasn't really he wasn't throwing as much throughout the course of this fight he, he did seem reluctant i agree with that and at times i was watching his sort of body language and i'm no expert in this but i could see you know sort of midway through the fight you could see you know he was taking deep breaths in through his nose out through his mouth it was like the stamina aspect of his body was starting to give up a little bit earlier than what it maybe would have done two or three years before. Like, you know, you train yourself so much for a fight and it's different being able to train in a gym than what it is actually fighting. You, you, you fight condition yourself. And what I mean by that is all the sparring that you do is to condition yourself to be able to handle a fighter for three minutes of a round. And I think the conditioning, I'm not saying it was off point, I just think that his body was just telling him in that ring that night that... You know, this is this is you now. You know, you're not 
the the thirty something man anymore. You you're forty. You're going on to forty one. You're in your forty first year of your life. Like his body is telling him that he can't do it. What he able to be used to do? Like when we see him, his effective destructive knockouts of people and the way he would be consistently ferocious throughout the course of a fight. This fight was just like a tame version of him. Like his body wasn't able to do what his mind wanted it to do and that's that's the best way I can describe it there could be a completely different reason I've not heard anything in the press post fight Golovkin's quite a humble sportsman he's not going to come out and make a load of excuses up I think you know I think age got the better of him Canelo came back he made the adaptions for this particular fight he looked at his bivol loss made some changes wanted to solidify himself in this trilogy and has done so by doing that and, and looked good do you know I think he looked good in the fight Canelo you know we've got to talk about him too because he He's the winner here. He's the man that obviously moves on and solidifies himself in this trilogy. He's got this great legacy of the trilogy on his record now, and he moves forward. And, you know, it, for me, it, it leads nicely into sort of like the aftermath of this fight, what it means for both men, where do they go? And starting with the winner, of course, Canelo, he's, he's defended his undisputed super middleweight titles. Does he go straight in for that Bivol rematch? Because I know he wants it. He said he wants it. There's also talk of Benavidez, David Benavidez, but he's saying in the post-fight press conference that, you know, he doesn't want to fight him, not because he's a Mexican, he doesn't want to fight him because of the fact he's done nothing, Benavidez. Now, Benavidez is the interim WBC champion, so he's earned his shot at the WBC title, essentially. But because of Canelo and that star power he brings to the table... I think he can just pick and choose who he wants to fight now. It doesn't matter whether, you know, there's an interim belt there for Benavidez, whether he gets made mandatory, whether Canelo ends up losing his WBC belt as a result. I don't think he will care at this point. I think what Canelo wants to do, and this is my interpretation of what he's been saying, is that he just wants legacy now. He wants these big fights, these big legacy fights. And I honestly think he will look for the winner of Bivol versus Gilberto Ramirez. And I think he will go for the winner. And I think he'll try and jump up again. I don't think he's the best of moves, personally. We said this last time when he when he lost to Bivol. But I think he'll do it. I think he'll do it. I think he'll want to try and create that history and, you know, be a legit, a legit, not over the hill light heavyweight, someone who's absolutely in his prime. And I think he'll want to try and right that wrong. That That's kind of my interpretation of what I've heard from him. But obviously something completely different could happen in the interim. Yeah, I think I think we can, you know, you know uh, Benavides is the man I, I feel that he probably is the guy to fight. You know, he's the younger guy. A lot of people are calling for Benavides, especially sort of overseas and, you know, of course, the other side of the pond, everyone's pretty much saying that he, he's scared of him. And and I think to put that to bed, I think you need to face him. Um, you know, people are going to always look for another opponent that he hasn't faced and try and push their name and push the envelope and say, look, this guy could beat you and he's afraid of him. He doesn't want to fight him. He's clear as day. He doesn't want to fight him. But look, for me, I think that's that. He's a bigger guy. I think he's great preparation if he wants to really push himself up into the, the light heavyweight division because I don't think Benavides is going to be a super middleweight for much longer. I can see him being a middleweight for another couple of years and then after that, I think he moves up because he's a big guy. He's a very big guy. And he, as I say, he's good preparation for someone like a Bivol if he wants that rematch. And that's if Bivol gets through Ramirez. You know, Ramirez, I think his last fight, stepped in the ring over 200 pounds. You know, he's going to be a heavyweight in that ring. Bivol's going to have to really impose himself like he did against Canelo, but can he do that against such a bigger guy? It's going to be interesting for Bivol to see if he can get through that. And I'll give him huge respect and credit if he does, because that's a big, big fight. Um, but yeah, saying that, I think I think he's going to wait for it. I think Bivol is even openly suggested he move down to super middleweight to fight Canelo after Ramirez, whether he wins or loses. 
Um, yeah, I mean, look, whether, whether Canelo just, he wants to get that rematch, it seems like he wants to, but I, I think I think the Benavides fight, Sean, I, I don't see why Canelo doesn't take that fight. I, I don't understand it. He says he hasn't faced anyone. Look, he is the guy that everyone's throwing everyone's name around and 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 he is a good fighter. He has, he's got, he's a big guy, big imposing guy. He's got a good jab, he's strong. Prove yourself. If you want to prove yourself to be the best, you know, you've, you've, you've come through the Golovkin fight, you've struggled against Bivol, beat him. I don't see what the big deal is and why I don't want to face him. So for me, I think that should be the next step just to put those doubts to bed. But I don't know. I don't see like he wants it. It's interesting because like he's saying in the post-fight presser, like people are assuming he doesn't want to fight him because he's, he's another fellow Mexican. And Canelo said in, in relatively decent English, which he's getting better at as well, is the fact that it's not because he's Mexican. He doesn't want to fight him because he doesn't believe Benavides brings anything to the table. And you can get the sense of feeling that for him it is about legacy fights it is about money and more importantly as well what does Benavides bring to the table in terms of the financial aspect of it does he bring good financials boxing is always going to be a business before it is a sport unfortunately and I think that will play a factor in why this fight may or may not happen I agree with you like I look at it and think you know every person that has said they want to fight Canelo in the super middleweight division who we've thought maybe would give him difficulties in that division he's beaten he beat Billy Joe Saunders, he beat Caleb Plant, he beat Callum Smith. You know, he beat them three top guys in that division. So there's no reason why he can't go again and fight another top guy in the division. I don't think it's because he's trying to duck him. I don't think it's a case of he thinks he could be beaten by him. I don't think he's... He's not scared of losing, is he? At the end of the day, we can tell that now. He's lost to Mayweather and he's lost to Bivol. There is two losses on his record. He's not scared of protecting a record, so to speak. But I think it is more business than it is the sports side of it now. I think he's thinking, what am I going to make from this fight? How much could I make from this fight? And unfortunately, I think that seems to be the mentality I'm getting the interpretation of. I hope it's not, because he seems very hungry still in his early 30s. He seems like you know, he's got a good couple of years left at this top level before maybe we will then start to see some decline you know, with his age. I think he's got a good couple of years left and I'm, I think he's looking for them big, big fights and maybe he knows it. Maybe he knows himself where he's at and, and where his body's at and, and if he's realistic about it, he'll, you know, he'll look at it and go, right, well, maybe I've got two or three years left before I really start to see the sort of declines you know, within training and, and the camps that they do. And maybe then he's looking at it and thinking, look, I need big fights. I've got to have big, big, big fights. I think Benavides is a big fight in America. It gets perceived as a big fight over there. I see it as a big fight because he's the legit challenger now to the undisputed crown. He's the guy that I think is definitely next in line for a shot at Canelo in the, in, you know, in the Canelo bandwagon. I can't see anybody else other than him moving up to light Andre. heavyweight again. That's it. Demetrius Andrade, he's the only other one, isn't he? But he doesn't want to fight either. He's he's avoiding no. everybody. He doesn't. He's saying people are avoiding him. But his last fight that was scheduled was to fight our very own Zach Barker. I mean, all due respect to Zach, he's done nothing in the sport. He's done nothing major in this sport yet to warrant a huge fight like that. But yet he got it, and I believe it is being rescheduled. So you said Demetrius Andrade. That's the only other name that you threw out there that I could think of that in the interim, would be a good match for Canelo. But, but... Benavides is head and shoulders the man, isn't he? He's the man. Let's be honest. Yep. If you're going to look at anyone in the super middleweight division, you hold all those titles, you've got to fight the next challenger. You've got Bivol fighting Ramirez. I, I don't see what the problem is. I'll be honest with you. You know, he's going to earn money no matter what, Canelo. And he just, if he wants to, I mean, we, we keep talking about this and he keeps producing the goods. He didn't do it against Bivol. Uh, but 
you know, if he wants to be defined as a great, then he can't be seen as hiding from anyone. You can't just throw out the fact that, okay, I ain't going to sell as many tickets. That's not a good enough answer. For us as, as people that love the sport, that's not good enough. That isn't good enough. That is that is a way for other people to then say he's scared of him. Just put, just fight the guy. I don't see what the big deal is. He's the next guy, isn't it? Let's be honest. That, that is, there's, he, I said on Jade, but look, let's be honest. He is not, he's undefeated, but he ain't fought anyone really of any, any real credibility uh, for him to hold on to that undefeated record. It's almost like he's fighting to hold on to his own, which is, it just, that gives you bad publicity, especially for us, Sean. But yeah, I mean, look, Benavidez wants to fight. It's, it's, it's a great option. It's a good fight. Take it. And then after that, if you do, if you are successful, then you can fight Bivol if you want that rematch. And, I, and I'll say it again, it's good preparation for if he really wants to fight the bigger guys. So what about Golovkin then? This is the next part of the conversation is like, is it just a straight talk of retirement? Can you see him being back in the ring once more, maybe for a farewell fight? I don't know. It's got to be one or the other for me. I, I genuinely, I don't think he's Bernard Hopkins. I don't think he's going to defy the odds and the age and be able to do that. I think there's only very few that can do that in the sport. And we've seen only what, two Bernard Hopkins and George Foreman, the two that stick out in my mind as, you know, older guys that have gone on to be able to win titles in their respective divisions. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Can Golovkin do it again? Could he move up to light heavyweight, possibly? Or is it just enough for him now? I mean, he's been a, a long-standing middleweight champion, and he is still classed as middleweight champion. Does he defend the titles back down at middleweight? Does he seek a big fight down there? Or does he just say, do you know what? I'll retire as middleweight champion. Yeah, I lost uh, the undisputed super middleweight title fight, but you know what else is there for me to do? You know, there's kind of three things I'm throwing around there. What do you think? Does he stay back down at middleweight, fight again, defend his titles that he has there? Does he go back at super middleweight, fight again in another big fight or farewell fight? Or does he just retire? Which one of the three, really, would you prefer to see? And which one do you think will happen? Uh, for me, look, I, the crazy thing is, is um, I mean, that, that for that trilogy, I, I'm, I was quite surprised on two of the judges' scorecards. They had it quite close. I didn't have it close at all. I had Canelo winning that by about four or five rounds. I thought, as I say, Golovkin was a shadow of himself. But, 
you know, even saying that, he still has the ability to probably beat every middleweight in that division. I, and that's no disrespect to those guys. I just think, um, you know, you're talking high level here. And even at 40, even though his timing was off, I think against guys where he won't be as, um, what's the word, I suppose, uh, you know, I've never seen him be so negative. And, um, and I think that looked bad on Golovkin. Uh, look, he's an old man. You've got, you've always got to adjust your style. We've seen it throughout the years. You know, you look at the young Cassius Clay, for instance, that then become Muhammad Ali. They're like two different people. The way he fought in the ring were different. You have to mold yourself into a different fighter. And I don't quite think Golovkin has that. So therefore, as you say, I think personally, either hang him up and, uh, and, and, and surrender and just say, do you know what? Look, the, the age has crept in and, and I think that's enough for me. And people will still, like myself, will still rate him as one of the greatest middleweights of all time. I, I genuinely believe that. I feel like people avoided him and his record wasn't as great as what he could have been. But still, I still feel like living through that era, people were petrified of Gennady Golovkin, including Canelo. That's why it took him so long to take their first fight and in their third fight because he was so strong. Um, so for me, I think I would say goodbye. But as you say, maybe a, a another bit of money and any cut and he, he goes away with a win. If there's anyone in particular, I would love to see him beat two piles of shit out of <laughs> would be Chris Eubank Jr. <laughs> I would love to see him fight Chris Eubank Jr. And, and put him away. Um, look, maybe Hammy Munguia is another one, isn't he? He's a guy that, but that would be a tough fight for him. Um, maybe, but that could be, that could be fireworks. Um, is there a problem moving back down to middleweight as well? Um, I, I don't know. Maybe you know, he's, he, he generally, I, I, don't, I feel like he has to really boil himself down. And I think those body shots against uh, Morata, I think they were they were quite evident. And I think, you know, if he drops back down to middleweight, has to boil himself down, then body shots are going to take more effect. So look, either have one of those fights where you say goodbye to boxing and it's just a layup for him, or you, you, you retire. Um, uh, for me, personally, being a fan of his, I don't see no problem problem with him walking away from the sport. I don't see no problem with him walking away from the sport either. I think people will obviously just look at it and say, well, you know, he's still middleweight champion. He's still got belts in the middleweight division. Why can he not fight uh, another middleweight? Well, then when you when you rightly point out like the middleweights that are around at the moment, who who really is worthy other than Jaime Munguia and, and maybe Chris Eubank Jr.? But Chris is obviously fighting Conor Ben in this catchweight fight, so that puts him out until next year at least. Jaime Munguia, yeah. obviously he fought Jimmy Kelly in his last fight and, and looked good in getting the win. He doesn't have any fight scheduled in at the moment. Is it a possibility for next year? You know, could go can go and beat this Mexican protege in in the middleweight division. There's a chance for that. But again, I wouldn't be overly disappointed if he just said, you know what, that you know, that's it now. My body's telling me one thing, uh, even though my mind wants me to carry on. And, and I wouldn't have sort of any complaints. You know, I'd be gutted to see him retire because, you know, he was an absolute force at his best. You know, I still felt like there was something left in him before this fight. I did say, you know, I felt like he was at the peak of yeah, his powers. I, I did say that, you know, and, and maybe it looks like I'm kind of eating my words a little bit here because he's kind of looked a little bit slow and ponderous in this Canelo fight, but this happens. You know, who who are we? You know, we can't predict how this will go down. We can only give our own personal predictions of how we think fights go down. And what's happened there is he just didn't look the same as he's, as he's done before. So that, to me, indicates that he's declining. He's really slowing. He's getting hit with more shots than what he ever did before. You know, he's, n- he's not quick off the mark as he once was. And if you're that point of your career regardless of who you're fighting whether it's a Canelo or whether it's just a layup fight 
it's time to call it a day. It's time to sort of step away from the sport. And Golovkin seems like the type of guy who's completely had his head screwed on his whole professional career. And I think when he's ready to call it a day, he will. Whether it's now or whether it's after one farewell fight or one big championship fight in the middleweight division, uh, he hasn't got much longer left. I think that's what I'm trying to say in a roundabout way is he hasn't got much longer left either way. But what he's done for this fight is he's, he's they've brought the curtain down finally on this trilogy and finally given us what we wanted albeit a couple of years later than what we wanted which you know there will be arguments about that of course people will say well if this was Gennady Golovkin 2019 version of him you know different fight completely we can't we can't say what would have happened you know that time has now passed he is an older man things are probably not the same as they were then for him physically so we can never really say how things would have gone as much as we like to fantasize about it we're never going to know that now what we can maintain is that he should have won that first fight and that second fight was quite close closer than this third fight in particular and that he was in with a shout for possibly a draw in that second fight but there was no mistake in this third fight there was no mistake in that Canelo was the dominant fighter in the fight and that Golovkin just didn't look himself and it looks like you know age is catching up on him yeah and I also think that you know as in you say you try you, you try and think about what different a fight would have been if it had happened a couple of years earlier uh, you know it took like four years to to get their third one on and then, and I do believe that you know Canelo did make those adjustments in that second fight, and and I still favoured the draw. But I, you know, I'm still I could still give that fight to Golovkin. I think the one thing I will say is it's for me it's one all <laughs> with a draw. That's how I see it. I'm never going to change my mind on that. So the record you may look at and you may suggest actually he lost he lost Canelo's a better fighter. That isn't true. He is that he is now Canelo's a better fighter now, and I think that was one thing with Canelo. You know, throughout the years of watching these two is that was always the aim for him, is to finally get Golovkin when he was too old. And that's what he got. He got it. And But people will still put a question mark over that and say, you should have fought him earlier. And um, and even their first fight, he should have fought earlier. A lot of people, you've got to remember, he wasn't even fighting. I think he fought was a middleweight. He jumped up above middleweight as well to fight before he got that first fight on. He was, part, he was biding his time because he knew of the threat of Golovkin. And that is Canelo doing that. So, And Canelo is one of the top dogs around. Um, look, End of the day, I'm I'm a Glovkin fan, and I just hope that he does. If he does have one more fight, fine. Defend your titles and then finish on a loss. Fantastic. If it doesn't, if it doesn't, you don't want to do that, and you decide actually, do you know what? This is it for me. I've got no no qualms with that either. And and I'll say that you know, as I say, as a fan, I've enjoyed watching him. And anyone that hasn't, then you're bullshitting yourself because he was great fun to watch. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's been great fun to watch. Let's see what happens. Let's see how things play out. We've done uh, 20 minutes on Golovkin Canelo. Let's just move on to some of the other results over the weekend as we come towards the end of this reaction show. So, other fights on the card that we wanted to briefly discuss was Jesse Rodriguez, Israel Gonzalez. Now, Jesse Rodriguez... You know, he's the new sensation, isn't he? He's been the guy that's kind of seemingly come from nowhere, last-minute replacement, steps up in weight, becomes champion, gets a great win over, obviously, Rung Versailles in his last fight in June, and then comes in against Gonzalez, gets a, a really good decision over him on two cards, and then one card had him 114-113, which was a really strange, strange card, given the fact that the other two judges had him way ahead, way dominating this fight. Now, I've caught the fight, and I thought it was quite quite a good control performance from 
Rodriguez. I don't know what other people think. I mean, people might disagree with me on that. And, and to be fair, you can. That's fine. But I just kind of felt it was, you know, what what are we expecting out of the guy? You know, what are we expecting? Are we expecting knockouts in every fight? Are we expecting drama shows in every fight? Can't always be like that. He had a really solid guy in front of him, and he had a difficult time in in the eighth round. Uh, got obviously a point taken off him for a low blow in that round as well so you know he had his moments in that fight people will then judge him based on that like you say you're only as good as your last fight didn't look as good as what he did in previous fights but I still think he's solid and he's still young he has still got time to mature he's still got time to move on you've got to remember the guy's 22 years of age like I think we all forget that fact about him I think it was a very good very good learning fight for him and the type of fight that he needed coming off the back of that real confidence booster win over Rungfazai. I do and um, you know the one thing about uh, Gonzalez the guy, the guy that he faced um, he had gone a distance with uh, Chocolito, Um and from that point I realised that you know this guy's no pushover and anyone that felt that he was a pushover you were wrong I think the general consensus from what I gathered was the fact that he's either going to stop him later in, in that fight or it's going to go the distance because he was such a strong opponent. And it was a great fight. It was action-packed always. You know, there's always this weight. You're, you're, you're guaranteed that these guys are going to be throwing a lot of punches and a lot of time. And it's, and, it, and that's what happened. It was just two guys having a brawl. And there were moments where Bam Bam, like, literally pushed him back and he was, uh, he, he was looking great. And he looked like he might get the stoppage. And then the low blows in there, there's a couple of low blows. One, it sort of hit in the bladder. Um, I wouldn't say it hit him in the bollocks. Um, as he swung up, maybe he just clipped the end of his knob or something. <laughs> there's no look. It, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> he, uh, I think he made a bit of a meal of it and he took him, he, he decided to you know, try and take his time with it. And the referee allowed him to do that, which is fine. But look, for me, Rodriguez won the fight. Yeah, he was the better fighter on the day. Um, and it's a bit, of a difficult one coming from those two fights, big fights to mentally get yourself ready to fight a guy that no one really is given much credit. Everyone feels that you're going to knock him out. You know, you've knocked out run, run and now all of a sudden you're going to knock everyone out. You know, he was an older guy, a bit like Golovkin that he got rid of there. And I think that sometimes the motivation isn't there. And I think that's what pretty much happened. I think the motivation wasn't quite there. He was in a, in a Canelo card in front of all these Mexicans, you know, that are watching Canelo wants to prove himself. And therefore he probably, his naive self allowed himself to engage and want to have a dogfight rather than show his boxing abilities. He can mix it up, and I feel like he failed to do that. But even still, he is one of the best fighters around. He will be a superstar. There's absolutely no way about it. And I think maybe the motivation and in the platform he was on, I think that's where he failed to deliver as such as what people have suggested. I don't think he failed to deliver. I, I don't agree with that. I just think that, he wanted to really prove himself as his tough American and, and he can go to toe-to-toe with anyone and, and get rid of him. And unfortunately, he come up against a guy that was tough. And that's what happens in the sport. And and it's a learning curve. It's a great learning curve for him. But I still believe he's still there. He can he can be the man to really challenge Estrada and Chocolito, especially Chocolito. I feel like Chocolito will beat Estrada in the next fight, but we'll go into that another day. Well, Amo Williams picked up the UD over Kieran Conway after putting him down in round nine. A relatively decent performance, actually, from Amo Williams. He's someone that, as we've watched his career progress, he started to improve. And he come up against a, a difficult guy in Kieran Conway, who obviously we know over here as, as someone who's really started to improve himself. He stepped up to this level, and I think he's proven that he belongs at this sort of level in terms of 
fighters that are, are, you know, on the way up, fighters that are at a stage of their career where, you know, they're going to push on for world honours. I think sort of Kieran Conway sits in that benchmark as a fighter that you would get in the ring with if you want to prove your past your domestic level, whether it be UK, whether it be America and European and, and, and obviously that region. I think you'd, I think he's the sort of fighter you go in there. And he, and he did well, Hamill Williams, but he looked very hittable in that fight. He looked easy to hit in that fight, I felt. And I know Felix Cash, in particular, another fighter of ours in the UK, has mentioned he really wants the Ammo Williams fight and that, you know, he will do some damage to Ammo Williams. That that would be a really good fight. That That's something that actually genuinely excited me, seeing him put that out on social, was that, you know, for, for you US fans who listen to us, go and check Felix Cash out if you haven't seen him. You know, he's very much a very all-action, all-aggressive fighter, but has shown vulnerabilities himself in fights. I mean, you know, one of his most recent fights, he bloody hell, he, it was very, very close, weren't it? It was a really, really difficult fight for him, Felix Cash in his, in his last fight. And I think, yep. I think one of them things that I take away from guys like Amon Williams is that he's bringing this reputation with him. And I think Felix Cash is seeing, like, Amon Williams is getting put on these big cards, which he is. He's, he's been put on quite a few big cards recently. And I think Felix Cash looks at that and probably sees it as a, a stepping stone for him to move forward in his career. Because, you know, obviously he's fighting a lot on the DAZN the UK shows that are over here. Not getting put on like the Canelo on the cards, though, is he? Like Hammer Williams is, and I think that's kind of like what he's seeing here is a guy where he thinks he can beat him, and he thinks he can use him as that stepping stone to move forward. Just a couple of seconds, really, on Ammo Williams Johnson. What you think about him? What you think about a potential fight with Cash in the future? Oh, I'd I'd like to see it. I think um, yeah, look with Golovkin, whether he's going to have one more fight and disappear. You know, they've got these middleweight titles. You know. The middleweight division in particular is one where it's open to, to anyone that wants to really bring it on and, and uh, produce the goods. And Williams is one of those guys where potentially he has that ability. I think I think there might be a bit more too much potential around him. I think he needs a couple more of these fights. Uh, Felix Cash is another one. So that these guys are going to be in a bit of a, a bidding war to, to push themselves into contention for a title. And, you know, it makes sense. This is boxing. Let them fight. So, other results from that particular card then. Ali Akhmadov got a UD over Gabriel Rosado, which I highly expected. I did actually pick this for in our prediction league, Johnston. I did say, you know, this will be a UD. And he yeah. kindly he kindly delivered Rosado. He kindly was able to go in there against Akhmadov and prove how tough he was in, in, in a pretty good fight as well there. Uh, Diego Pacheo, 15-0, and now moves to 16-0 and with a TKO in the fifth round against Enrico Calazzo. Aaron Aponte went to a split decision draw against Fernando. Fernando Angel Molina, Mark Castro got a victory in the fifth round with a KO over Kevin Montiel Mendoza, uh, and Anthony Herrera won by technical decision after five rounds were completed. McKinley, his opponent, was unable to continue due to an accidental headbutt, and that rounds up the results for the Canelo card. Just briefly, then moving back over to the UK, I think it's only right we should mention the Vassarman boxing card that was on Channel Five here in the UK this past weekend, headlined by Gavin Gwynn, Kate Craig Woodruff, uh, a draw, majority draw in this particular fight. Uh, really, really good tough slugfest I think it seemed to be a lot harder than what I was expecting it to be for Gavin Gwynn I genuinely felt like Gavin Gwynn he, he had this before it, and I, I opted to go for Gavin Gwynn uh, on a UD because I thought you know he doesn't knock people out he systematically breaks them down and, and wins via points and this is kind of why I felt that would be the case but I think Craig Woodruff 
he had a really good fight. He had a really good performance, and some people suggest maybe he was slightly unlucky in that particular fight. Yeah, I do. I feel that Woodruff probably just nicked it, to be honest with you. I thought he'd done the better work. Um, he made Gwen miss several times in that fight, and I think he made him look pretty average, and, and Woodruff was decent, man. He, he's showing um, some of that bobbing and weaving style, hands low, you know, I quite like that. That style um, is quite good to watch at times. And um, yeah, I think Gwen was sort of struggling to to really pin his man down. And I, uh, so for me, I think Woodworth probably just deserved to nick it. Uh, I sort of thought as as we were approaching the end of that fight, I thought this is going to the draw. Uh, when I see Terry O'Connor Connor as one of the referees, I sort of automatically assume that Gavin Gwen's going to get the card. And sure enough, he did. It was pretty obvious to me, but I don't think Gwen really done enough to win the fight. I think if anyone did, it was Woodworth. So draw fine they get it on i think um again at some point you know there's there might be a big card happening in wales at, at some point at the end of the year so uh, maybe you might find that on the undercard so other results from that card of note for us then Lyndon arthur back with a tko in the sixth round troy williamson got a tko also in the sixth round as benitez his corner threw in the towel david benitez who he was fighting and it's been confirmed that he is fighting josh kelly in december of this year a big fight for the northeast huge huge fight and we've said josh kelly needs a big fight we said troy williamson needs a big fight in fact i think we even coined for this fight to happen earlier on this year when we're talking about this particular division so it's nice that at the end of the year we're finally getting to see it it's a going to be a really intriguing great fight and I'm looking forward to covering that one in December as the time comes. The rest of the card was filled with local prospects many of the guys that I've met and interviewed before, Jake James, James Moorcroft, Joe Howarth, Corey O'Regan Kyle Lamotte, uh, Lerone Harrison Samir Aftab, uh, Reese Woods all on that card Reese Woods unfortunately getting the defeat against Serge Ambono journeyman in the UK, someone who is on the circuit all the time sprung an upset on that particular card again Reese Woods, really, really interesting show there at Bolton White's Hotel in Bolton in Greater Manchester. And that is pretty much the main fights of this weekend. All the big fights that we've covered, all the fights in the UK that we've covered. It's, as always, been great to uh, to, to cover the boxing just, for the weekend. Sorry to interrupt you, Sean. Just one more. Just a big shout out Denzel Bentley as well, getting his win um, against Morrison. And uh, the only other one I wanted to say, one last thing, was I got a power man who plays like I play football with. His name's Ross McGuigan. He fought at your call, 36-year-old cruiserweight. And uh, he, he's having a go at the professional ranks and looking for the Southern Area title in the cruiserweight division. And he won as well. So just a big shout-out to Ross McGuigan. Well, I forgot about Denzel Bentley's fight. I did actually predict ben- Bentley's fight to uh, to end between four and five. And I completely forgot oh, to mention on, it. Bang on, yeah, exactly, bang on the money. And yeah, big shout out to Ross as well, of course. You know, he's someone that you know personally. You know, he's boxing, goes into his third fight, gets his win. You know, same age as me, he's, he's in the boxing ring. It's it's mad that he's uh, taking up the boxing so late on in his life. But, you know, if he's going to make a good go of it, he's got nothing better to do than go to the York Hall because it's a great place to learn your trade and ply your trade in this sport. So big shout out to you, Ross. Thank you for tuning into our pod as well. Big shout out to you for that. Well, that's it, isn't it, Johnston? That's it for this show. We've got another show coming up very, very shortly. Uh, Joyce versus Parker. Big fight coming up this weekend. That'll be released pretty much as soon as this one's released. So if you finish listening to this, the chances are you'll probably see that Joyce versus Parker big fight preview is already out there. So please go and listen to that. Really excited to talk about that particular fight and some of the fights that are happening over the course of this coming weekend as well. That's it for this 
episode. Thank you for listening. Make sure you tune in to us on every available podcasting app. If you are an Apple user, you can find us on Apple Podcast. If you're an Android user, Google Podcast is usually the best place or any available podcasting app. Find us on Twitter at BTR Boxing Pod and Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, BTR Boxing Podcast Network. That's it for our Big Fight Reaction Show. And we'll see you in our next episode, the Big Fight Preview, Joyce versus Parker. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.